Hello there, and welcome to the Logcast. I am your host, David Jones. And it's an exciting episode today, because ukulele is here. Um, unfortunately, uh, my trusted co-hosts decided not to come through, and they decided that like family and stuff was like more important than talking about ukulele. So uh, Jeff and Clay are not here today, which is very sad. But we have a blast from the past on here with me today, and um, I'm very happy to reintroduce to you the great Kev. I don't know about great, but hey, how you doing, mate? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, glad to have you back on. Yeah, it's, it's good to be on. Uh, so I guess um, I should really tackle this head on. Uh, yeah, for anyone who listened to some of the older episodes, I, I was like the original co-host alongside Dave, like nearly two years ago now we started, jeez. Um, and then last year I, uh, I decided to take a bit of time out because, uh, you know, there was stuff in my personal life and I wanted to spend more time with my family. Um, you know, I was like, because we often record these on Saturdays and Saturdays like the best time for me to see my son and uh, like I was actually losing time I could be spending with him to do this. And as great as this all is, it's like, you know, Family come first, you know, so I hope you didn't take it too personally, Dave, that I stepped away for a while. No, oh, well, I completely understood, so it was, it so, was no and then I had, big and then I had like, as much as we missed you, so. Okay, and then, you know, like, stuff like, well, I have to change my job, and, you know, just, uh, personal stuff just sometimes gets you there, and I just thought, best of I take a bit of time out, but, you know, you, you had Jeff and Clay keeping the ship afloat, I guess you could say, and. You know, I've kept listening, and you guys have done a really, really good job. I think the show has only improved, like, more and more as time has gone on. And, uh, you know, it's been nice to be a listener instead of a host for a while. And, uh, yeah, uh, so good to be back and uh, looking forward to talking about some ukulele today. Awesome. All right. So, I guess... Without further ado, let's talk about some video games. So, um, I don't think you've been on since we've done this, but you said you've been listening, so you probably uh, you know know how it goes. We usually start off by talking about what games we're playing. Yeah. Um, I've been not playing as many games as I'd like this week, and it's pretty much been exclusively uh, ukulele. Though I did, no, I'm not going to lie, I did play a little bit of Battlefront, um yesterday morning and like the half hour before the last Jedi panel started. So I, I was feeling, feeling the hype. <laughs> yeah, no dude, it's been very much uh star Wars train this week. I mean, we've been talking a lot on Skype, me, you and uh, clay. I think we both sort of live streamed the star Wars conferences together the past couple of days, didn't we? So yep, I, I was definitely feeling that hype. Personally, I've never played battlefront, but, you know, I can get that's uh, it's meant to be a real good game, and I can see why you'd have thrown that on during all the Star Wars hype. Uh, so, Battlefront and Euchre, is that anything else? No sort of mobile phone games or anything? Oh, I, I always play Galaxy of Heroes, which is the Star Wars mobile game, but I play that daily, so I almost even forget to mention it. <laughs> okay, no Angry Birds or Candy Crush? No, those games suck. Angry Birds is alright. It used to be, and then they ruined it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so uh, I suppose I've been playing a little bit more than you uh, this past week. Uh, I freed up the whole week because of Yuka's release, which meant I actually had a lot of free time on my hands before it dropped because for some reason I got it mixed up in my head and I thought I was going to get it midnight on Monday morning, but you know it was actually a day late. I think there was confusion with everyone about when exactly it was going to drop. Right. Wasn't there? It was a little bit different for each storefront. Each storefront and then each region and yeah. So yeah, I've been playing a lot of uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 recently because that was on uh, digital sale on the Xbox a couple of weeks ago and I've picked that up and I've been playing through that campaign. Uh, ukulele, obviously, I've been playing that hell of a lot. I think I've clocked about 30, 35 hours in it. So. Nice. 
Uh, Pokemon Go a little bit <clears throat> because there's like a new event for Easter. But to be honest, I've gone from playing that daily for like three or four hours a day to like throwing it on for five minutes just to get my daily bonus. So I've really <laughs> fallen out of that. Fair um, enough. It happens. Uh, Candy Crush Soda Saga, that's one I usually throw on if I'm watching like a TV show and there's a little downtime or like commercial break, I'll just throw that on. Uh, Snake Pass, I've been playing on the Switch a little bit, uh, which is, uh, have you have you played that yet, Dave? Not yet. I just it's know I wasn't going to have, yeah, I've been kind of waiting for after the Yuka uh, craze to die down before I pick that up, because I know I wasn't going to have much time to devote to it. Yeah, no, fair enough. Maybe it could fill that 3D platformer gap between Yuka and Mario Odyssey for you. That's true. So. Oh man, still can't believe that all this is happening in the same year. Zelda, <laughs> Yuka, and Mario Odyssey. It's yeah. pretty crazy stuff, dude. <laughs> and uh, the last one, uh, Sea of Thieves. Uh, I've been part of the technical alpha since the second wave. Uh, me, me, you, and uh, Jeff and Clay have played it together quite a lot. And... Uh, Luckily, I can take advantage of the Wednesday night sessions, uh, which, unfortunately for you guys, it falls at a weird time, doesn't it? Because you're usually still at work. Yeah, I can get home for part of it. It's just, I don't know. It's not wouldn't be a very long session. And I feel like it's just, like, usually when I, when I get home, I have a few things I got to do. So it's like, I don't know. It doesn't feel worth it just to log on hop on for like a half hour or so and then have the game end <laughs> yeah and not just that but sea of thieves i mean i love the game and you know we'll, we'll talk a little about a, a little bit about it in the news but uh i think it's not as great when you're playing with randos it just to me the fun comes from you know being in a voice party with people you know and, right uh yeah it's uh you know but yeah i played a little bit so uh, quite a widespread of games there um, yeah, it's been fun. I uh, enjoying the Switch, but the Xbox has pretty much taken precedence for a while because I got Euchre on the Xbox. I should have mentioned that. So. Yeah, I would have liked to pick Euchre up for the Switch, but alas, it's not out yet. Hmm. Oh well, never mind. It could be uh, an excuse to play it again when it finally hits, as if I needed one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should we uh, move on to the news? Sure thing. Okay, uh, so should we take these points one by one, like taking in turns? Sure. You could start it off if you want. Okay. So, yeah, so obviously the major news this week and the main topic we'll be going into shortly is Ukulele has finally launched. Uh you guys did a real good job going over the lead up to the launch last week, so I won't go over any of the same ground. But uh, yeah, launched Monday night or Tuesday morning, depending which region and which storefront you're on. Uh, so far, I checked last night, the only sales data I could get <clears throat> was the Steam sales, and it's at around 45,000 copies. Now, I'm not too hot on PC releases. Is that good or average or uh i'm not 100 percent sure pc is always lower so it might be decent i would yeah, just plus i think to me this is the kind of game i think a lot of people will be getting on console right i mean it's a spiritual successor to one of the most beloved console platformers of all time i feel like if people have the option they probably will play it on console yeah. except for those you know pc master race people who insist we need all the frames. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you can talk a little bit about the comparison when we go into the main topic. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, I should. Um, next item is there's continuing... Excuse me. Continuingly polarizing ukulele reviews continue to be posted online. So no one seems to make up their mind. <laughs> yeah. It's it's there's so many like real low scores and real high scores. There's like no middle. It seems very much to be love it or hate it at the moment. From right, right. But there are a few middle ground ones. Like actually, some of the bigger sites such as IGN and Gamespot, I think, are like the ones in the middle. But yeah, a lot of the slightly smaller outlets, it seems to be like, oh, this is what I've wanted for years, or 
oh, this is terrible. Some things are better left in the past. Right. And those people are crazy. Yeah. Like, no, there are legitimately some things you can criticize, mainly. I mean, we'll get into that later, but in my opinion, most of the the legit criticisms of the game are patchable. Which isn't really entirely an excuse, but I have a hard time taking reviews seriously who are just complaining about the style and genre of game and attribute most of the low score to that. Yeah, I've got mixed thoughts on it, but I think, yeah, we'll wait till the main topic to really get into that. Um... Okay, so yeah, uh, the the major news on the rare end. There's not a lot this week, uh, but there was a new episode of the Tales from the Tavern podcast uh, posted uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, it was the eighth episode, and it was with Emma, Joe, Mike, Christina, and Bobby. Or I should have said friend of the show, Emma, because she was uh, actually <laughs> she, on a few months ago, wasn't she? She was. Who, who was one with her? Uh, Cameron. Cameron, that was it, yeah. Sorry, it's been been a little while since I listened to that. Yeah. Uh, did you get a chance to check out this podcast yet? I did. Yeah? Yeah, it uh, was pretty entertaining. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what did they discuss? Um, it was mostly, like, feedback from the uh, technical alpha. Um, uh, they actually brought up a thing that I remember... When I was playing, that we noticed too, they were we were like running into any ships, something going on, and then we found out there were server issues, just like they did, and they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And um, you know, they talked a bit about like the cannonball mechanics and things like that, and the feedback to that, and uh, basically they're going to improve that, um, because it's a little, little bit. I think they referred to it as what clunky. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, he said. Um... Like they were well aware that the current setup was was clunky, and uh, they said that they've got some ideas in mind to really streamline that process. And I I would agree with that. It's just like you kind of have to like load up a cannon, a ball into the cannon, and then once you fire it, you have to back out, pull out a ball using your inventory, press another button to activate the. It's just yeah, it's a little bit. They they just need to streamline that. Really. Right. Nope, I concur. So, uh, they spoke a little bit about the spyglass. They said it will be coming soon, and uh, I think it was Joe who mentioned that he's he's so hooked on Breath of the Wild at the moment that every time he goes up the crow's nest, he keeps trying to click on the thumbstick to bring up the the first person <laughs> Sheikah right. slate. Was it? Um, I think I've done that too. Was it Emma who like thought spyglass was like an Americanism or something? I thought that was funny. Yeah, I think it was Emma, yeah. yeah. I was just listening to the audio, so I know there there was uh, another lady there as well, and I can't remember her name. Christina, yeah. Christina, that's it. Um, So I think it sounded like Emma to me. Um, So I thought that was funny. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, I mean, Emma's got a broad Midlands accent and Christina's uh, American, so. Oh, yeah, it was definitely, um, (laughs) definitely Emma then. So, yeah. That's right, because uh, then Christina was like, no, that's not an Americanism. No, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll shut up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then the biggest reveal of the whole episode, I think, is that Emma still hasn't seen the Goonies, which is like, it seems to be a running joke on the show now. (laughs) So, I've never seen the Goonies. Oh, dear. I know. Like, yeah, but I mean, you're the guy who hadn't seen Back to the Future until recently. And... Well, relatively recently. I saw it like 10 years ago. Yeah, but you, Not that's my the 20s. point. You've seen it 10 years ago. Like, these are movies you should be watching every year, dude. <laughs> There's a ton of movies I didn't see until I was in my 20s and moved out of the house. So, I don't know wow. I was just too young to see at the time, or I don't know what it was. But... My movie, growing up, my movie intake was very, very low and almost entirely focused on Disney movies. So I missed a lot. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, you can uh, you can catch up when you get time, if you ever get time. <laughs> but, yeah. So anyway, yeah, so that wraps up the uh, the news for this week. Yeah, not a lot. It's mainly, as I say, just the, the Yuka release and, uh, yeah, the, the podcast from, from Rare. 
Um, yeah. Do we just move on to the main topic? Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's hit the main topic button. All right, ukuleles here. Isn't that exciting? So, I think this is just going to be a fairly loose discussion about our impressions up to World 3. We're not going to try to get too much past that. Because I know how you all feel about spoilers. And also, you know, I honestly have not played up past World 3, so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I can, uh, I'll give my overview that I, I have finished the main game. I've been the last boss, uh, but for reasons I'll go into later, I actually had to start a new file after that. So I've seen pretty much everything the game has to offer to an extent. I haven't gotten every collectible, but right. Uh, so I'm pretty cool. But yeah, I know you haven't got too far, and you know Jeff and Clay both said they didn't have much time to play. So I'm I'm guessing a lot of people will have only given this a few hours so far because it was. Uh, you know, a Tuesday release, which is always a bit strange. Yeah. It's aimed at... To me, this game is squarely aimed at people between sort of 20 and 35. You know, the, the people who grew up with Banjo. So I would have, I think it would have been better launching on the weekend, but whatever. It's yeah. Now. And, and for me, too, um, I think I mentioned last week about me to be concerned that my package wouldn't arrive in time. And it didn't. I didn't actually get my xbox and steam copy till yesterday so i had to uh, get the gog version to play for a little bit <laughs> so i'm now i'm starting over with the xbox version after getting to world three so yeah <laughs> i haven't progressed nearly as far so you what put about five or six hours into the pc version and then started again on the xbox yeah i think it was under six hours maybe five and a little over five and a half hours and I got in about an hour of the Xbox version um, this morning, so... Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, shifting away from personal progress, in terms of overall impressions of the actual experience, like, what would you say, what are your feelings so far? Um, so far, it's extremely positive. Um, I don't have... A lot of complaints like most of my concern with the games is just from things i've heard from others that i haven't experienced yet myself so i understand that they're a concern um to me it seems to do exactly what it sets out to do and i i love just the core gameplay of controlling the characters and finding things feels really right and it, it feels like the next 3D platformer from the guys who made, you know, Donkey Kong 64 and Badger Kazooie and all those games that I love. It feels exactly um, like what it should be, in my opinion. Um, you know, that being said, I know I've, I've heard reports about performance and bugs. Performance, I think, has largely been fixed by uh, the patch, day one patch. So I don't think that's too much of a concern, but I'm still hearing a lot of reports about bugs, and um, which you'll probably talk about in a bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's something that people should probably be advised of, is that early adopters to this one might end up having some issues. <laughs> and if you're really bothered by bugs, it might be a good idea to wait a month or two till a few more patches down the line. But I think once that once that f sort of you know final few patches to deal with the remaining issues are done i think i think it's you know going to be like a, at least for me personally would be a game of the year contender really game of the year i'm not sure, I'm, well contender okay. i'm not saying it would be but it, it it's you know definitely up there as one of the best games i've played in years yeah i couldn't say that personally uh, okay <laughs> shall, shall i do shall i do my overall impressions of go you? ahead okay so okay let me get this off the bat straight away i was always a little bit skeptical of ukulele um you know early on in some like really old episodes of the logcast I, I i voiced a few concerns but 
To be fair, most of the things I was worried about aren't actually that much of an issue. Like, one of the things I was concerned about was that the plot seemed like it was a little bit of a dig at Rare and Microsoft, and it seemed a bit weird. But in, in the actual game, it's I don't actually think it is. I think it's just some things we found out early on made it sound like more of a parallel to Rare than it was. Mm-hmm. And when you actually play it, I think the story's just... Nah, it's fine. And it's it's from the off early on. This isn't a spoiler because this is one of the first cutscenes. It hints at a much deeper lore, which I'm guessing we're going to get expanded in later games in the series. Uh, so there's that. Um, I was also concerned that it was going to be too much of, you know, Banjo-Kazooie in 2017 in terms of just almost the exact same game, just different level layouts. And I actually think they've hit a good middle ground. It's not... To me, it's not as complex or deep as Banjo-Tooie, but they didn't take the easy route and just make it a simple one-and-done platformer like Banjo-Kazooie. And don't get me wrong, Banjo-Kazooie is a terrific game for what it was, but you know that thing with Banjo, how you can just go into the stages, clear them out, move on. You know, it's one, done, forget, move right. on. One, done, forget, move on. You know, one of the things uh, that I liked about it. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. Ukulele doesn't actually, you know, there are things like straight away off the bat, you'll find things that you can't access because you don't have moves. Uh, that, you know, you haven't got the right move yet. And in some cases, this is really, for the most part, I think it's good because it adds exploration and uh, it, it gives it shades of Banjo Tooie without going overboard on the whole interconnected puzzle idea. It's more just, you know, there'll be one little roadblock and you think, okay, I need this move, I'll come back later. Uh, for the most part, it's okay. A couple of times, it's it's really annoyed me where it will be like the end of a really long section. You'll get right to where the pagey is, and then it'll be like, okay, you need this one arbitrary move to actually get the pagey. I'm like, okay, great. So I've got to redo that section later on. <laughs> so that can be a, a little bit annoying. But, uh, but yeah, no, so to go back to what I was saying... I think they hit a good balance in terms of the general gameplay setup. Um, the controls, for the most part, are perfect. I think the movement's great. I think uh, it it feels similar to Banjo Kazooie in some ways, but in other ways it's a bit different. Like um, you know, the role isn't quite one to one with the talent trot, and uh, the flying is very different, which I know you won't have got that far yet, but I'll just say, yeah, the flying is really different. Um, and there are like some completely different kind, like they take advantage of Yuka being a chameleon, so he can absorb these different power-ups, uh, which is interesting. That was obviously something Banjo never did. Uh, and also you've got the tongue as well, haven't you? So there's kind of like shades of Yoshi there with his tongue. Right. Uh so yeah, I, I do think they do enough to kind of separate it from Banjo. Um, the camera, I think, is an, is not very good. It's for the most part, it's it's decent, um, but it's not as good as Banjo Kazooie's camera on the Xbox Live port. Uh, there's less control, and later on, I guess you haven't hit any of these sections yet, but. There are some sections where the camera goes absolutely haywire later on. Hmm. No, really I haven't seen that yet. Okay. I have. Have I haven't you... had any issues with the camera except in like in one spot in Tribal Tropics. When Which spot was that? If when you you're going up the elevator. Yeah, yeah. And, that and was... honestly, now I now that I know that it happens, it doesn't bother me anymore. But the first couple times I went up, it was like, whoa, that was unexpected. But it just it shouldn't happen. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. okay, see that to me, that's not that's not good it's like you've gotten used to the weirdness so you can be prepared <laughs> for it but you shouldn't have to be i know to me it just seems like a, a sm- very small minor thing to complain about when everything else is so good so True, but it, I, I can't think of any area in banjo or even dk64 which had those kind of camera right. problems and they do get more and more as the game goes on unfortunately yeah, i will say that i do wish that Unity hadn't been the issue, because I wonder if some of the of the sort of jank is from that engine. Yeah, this is, I, I, this is I legitimately no the most ambitious Unity game I've ever seen. <laughs> they really pushed that 
engine beyond what it was ever intended for. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. Um, so don't get me wrong. I think they've done a great job fighting against the internal issues that the Unity engine brings. But yeah, it kind of makes you think, well, imagine if they made it on, you know, Unreal 4 or something. Or even if they built their own propriety, which I know they wouldn't do in this day and age. But yeah. Do you think they will continue using Unity for future games or? Well, I don't know. That's a good question because I imagine they're all familiar with it, but I'm sure it wouldn't be that hard for them to go to. Um unreal 4 part of me thinks that they will go to unreal 4 just because now they got their first game out they're getting sales they're getting money in so they're not you know they're not bleeding going to be bleeding cash and they'll hopefully be able to you know do something that might take slightly longer because even even unreal 4 from what i hear i mean it's not like it's it's not as ridiculously easy as unity but it's still really easy as far as game you know engines go I feel like the small amount of time it might take longer to do a game in Unreal would probably pay off for them. Yeah. Especially now that I, I said I think they're they're going to be getting a continual stream of money from sales for quite some time. So I think they'll be all right and not be not have sort of the ticking time clock on them like they did previously just to get a game out so that they could you know have some sort of income flow. I think I think part of the problem. Uh, for me is that I, I, I'm going to call it the purple ball issue. Now, you remember back in the toy box, there was that weird puzzle with the purple ball that you had to push. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. And at the time, I think a lot of people said that stuck out like a sore thumb as like a really weird like puzzle. It felt, that felt like it was straight out of like uh, an indie project made in Unity in two weeks, like just a really weird ball puzzle. Now, there are there is stuff like that in later levels of Yuka, not necessarily with balls, but you'll get these weird little puzzles which rely on physics. Which clearly, if a man as talented as Chris Sutherland had written an engine from the ground up, these problems wouldn't be there. But because they're kind of fighting against the architecture of the Unity engine, do you get what I mean? It's like right, right. everything's slightly janky. Uh, and it's it's just kind of a shame because I do think now a lot of reviews to mention reviews again, a lot a lot of reviews have said that the game doesn't have the polish of the old rareware platformers. And I would agree with this. Uh, I, I know you obviously can't comment too much yet because you haven't right. seen a, a great deal of the game. See, but... I think it does. To me, it does feel polished though when it's not having issues. To me, it doesn't seem like it's like broken beyond belief or anything. Oh no, it's not broken. And like, I mean, it feels when I say... super polished when it's working right. <laughs> yeah, but that's which is the majority point. of the time. Yeah, so... but you shouldn't have to have that at the end of your sentence, should you? When it's working right, like. Kazooie 2 and DK64, can you think of any moment where they broke down for a, for a minute? Well, the performance was pretty terrible on them, and I think you could kind of count that. Um, yeah. Bug-wise, no. Because right now, only thing I've, the only like real problems I've experienced is nothing beyond what I would expect from an N64 game. And I know that other people, including yourself, have experienced more than I have thus far. Mm. So maybe my opinion will change. Okay, so I'm going to hit this on the head right now. Okay, now we're not going to go beyond World 3 and spoilers, so I can't describe in detail what happened. But you remember earlier in the episode I mentioned that I completed the game. Well, I beat the last boss, but I, I had to start a new file. Right. So essentially what happened uh, on World 4, I had to complete a certain challenge to acquire a pagey. And the challenge was annoying me uh, for, for whatever reason. I couldn't finish it on one night and i paused the game and i double checked my totals and i had 24 pages uh and this was you, you know you get 25 pages in every stage i mean that's not a spoiler it says right slash 25 when you click on your totals so i had 24 out of 25 uh so I, I went to bed and i approached it again the next morning and i went back to the stage in question and um Instantly, I realized the solution to the problem. So I finished the 
quest. Uh, like I say, I'm not going to describe what it was because we don't want to go into spoilers, but I finished the task that I had to finish and I went to claim the pagey, picked up the pagey and my totals went up. Then I exited the stage and, th- and said, okay, well, I'll uh, move on to the next stage now. And then for whatever reason, I, I had another look at my totals and then suddenly the, the, the world four totals had gone back down to 24 out of 25. So like the pagey had despawned from my totals and I checked online and a, a number of people had complained of that issue or a similar issue all on the same stage. So it seems like world four has a lot of bugs surrounding it. And uh, what I had to do in the end because I, I emailed Platonic about it. Unfortunately, I didn't get a response. I mean, they must be so busy this week. I'm not, I don't blame them. Uh, but I, I, I just figured out, well, something's despawned from my totals. There's no way I can ever get 100%. So I just started a new file. And I, nothing like that ever happened in the old games, did they? Right. Be honest. No, yeah, I, I agree with you there. And, and that's why I said when I started, when I said, you know, this can be game of a contender for game of the year when these really bad issues are fixed, which I have faith that they will be. And I think I've mentioned this a couple of times that I think, yeah, given from what I've heard and, and the fact that, you know, the day one patch practically made the performance playable to a lot of people that a lot of reviewers missed out on. It seems like at the very least, this should have been in dev for another month or two. Yeah. No. Yeah. And <sighs> I mean, I was listening to to the episode last week when you guys mentioned um, they they sent uh, the review copies before the game was completely ready because of what the day one patch ended up fixing. So right. I do think a lot of reviews have like must have had an even worse experience than me. So I do think it's a shame because I think beneath all this mess, however, okay, maybe for you it might not be as big an issue. For me because of what I've been through, you can understand personally, it's actually really affected my view of the experience. Right, no, um, absolutely, I understand that. I mean, to give it a one-to-one comparison, imagine if you got to Rusty Bucket Bay on Banjo, and then one of the jiggies in the in the engine room, you collected it, and then it despawned from your totals, no, and you yeah, start all the way again. That would really piss me off. <laughs> and worse than that, imagine it was your first ever playthrough. <laughs> you know? Like... If that happened now, it wouldn't annoy me as much because I've completed the game 50 times. But yeah. Anyway, so to what I was saying, I think there is a very, very good game underneath these problems. Personally, I wouldn't say it's up there with Game of the Year because I think, I mean, if we're just talking the past 12 months, I think Breath of the Wild and... uh... Actually, you know what? There hasn't really been that much good (laughs) lately. Okay, right. maybe it is up there for Game of the Year contender. Maybe I'd um, compare it to last. If you compared it to last year, though, I think it's definitely. Oh, what 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 was there last year? I'm trying to think now. Nothing. Like, <laughs> Titanfall Two was real good fun, but it's not. It it is it's one of my that like Yuka and Breath of the Wild are probably two of my favorite games in like a decade at least. Okay. Well, See, I admit, I, I'll put The Last of Us up there with that too. I'd say right now it's in this very small pocket of really, really good games that I love. As of right Recently. now, I I personally think um, Ukulele is around about on par with Nuts and Bolts for me in terms of it's a terrific game, but there's a l- it could have been better with a little bit more time. Now, I know... I know you're a little bit up and down on nuts and bolts. Uh, you like it, but you don't think it's amazing. Um, I thought it, it was entertaining and it was a nice substitute for what I really wanted. And I thought it was a well-made game. But yeah. I never completely like fell in love with it. Um, no, I get that. To me, uh, from what I've played of Yuka so far, I mean, obviously this might change if you know I have a really bad experience later on or these bucks, bugs never get fixed. But assuming that these technical issues are worked out and it has, you know, it, and you can fully get everything and do everything without running into game-breaking glitches, I would say not as good as Banjo-Kazooie, but probably better than Tui for me. See, for me, in terms of my personal favorites, it would go Tui, then DK64, 
then Banjo Kazooie, then Yuka for comparing the four. That seems I crazy ba- to me that DK64 is so high. I think Banjo Kazooie <laughs> is a better game. Banjo Kazooie is a better made game than Donkey Kong 64. But there's something about DK that's just so charming to me. I love those worlds. I love. Mm. I, I mean. You know, we could be here all day if we're just going to compare which is the best of the best. So we're not going to. This is just meant to be about Yuka right. this week, but yeah, Yuka. Don't get me wrong; it, they have captured the tone and the feel of those old games perfectly, and without being too much of a one-to-one throwback. Like they deviate, and they've got new challenges and new moves, and there's so much more for you to see. And I just realised how difficult this is for me to talk about because I want to talk about end-game stuff, and <laughs> I can't. So. Uh, please let me back on for last impressions in a couple of weeks because I, I have so much to say about the end game. Cool, cool. Um, sounds good. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, seeing as I, I can't talk about end game stuff, how about we talk about start game stuff? And seeing as you have experienced this, uh, this would be your main overriding memory of the game. Uh, what do you think of? the the hub area and the and the first world dave um i think it's enjoyable i almost wish the hub area was a little bit bigger in some ways like i like i like i felt like the sort of um what was it called shipwreck creek area yeah. like before you get into the sort of um Hivery Tower area. Like i thought that whole that whole section could have been a bit bigger cuz it felt a lot more expansive than banjo but it, it I... was yeah, I, I was expecting it to be bigger for some reason, like because I made a big deal about Shipwreck Creek and the Batship Crazy in the pre-publicity stuff. I was expecting something like it probably was about the same size as Spiral Mountain, but it was a lot more corridory, so it didn't feel as big. Right, and I understand if you know, I mean, Spiral Mountain is probably really like a waste of time for the most part putting that in <laughs> for as little as you were actually in it. So I understand if they if they didn't want to focus as much time on the overworld, um. So that's all right. I w- it wasn't too bothersome. I still I still enjoyed it. Like that first moment when you get to control Yuka, you can just run around and do things. It's really fun. Um, other than yeah. that, I mean, not too much to really say about it. It's a area with a ship in it and a creek. <laughs> and then what about? Uh, obviously, you haven't seen the full extent of it, but what do you think of Hyvery Towers so far? Um, I enjoy the music in it. I don't think it's quite as um, interesting as uh, Gruntilda's Tower, but I think it's an enjoyable area. I like it better than the Isle of Hags for sure, oh, which was just I love too. The Isle of Hags. It was just too big and confusing, like almost the entirety of of two. <laughs> this does have that same sort of confusing feel to it, though. In some in some ways, where I just couldn't figure out where in the world to go to get the next level. I know this might annoy people, but at the same time, I almost kind of liked it that I was searching around an area to like find the next level instead of just being forced on the path. So I thought that was kind of cool, had that sense of exploration in something as simple as a hub world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I like Ivory Towers. Uh, I think later on it gets, you, you know, uh, there's some cool little puzzles in there higher up in the towers uh but it's not my favorite again it, it falls in that category of it's just not quite as good as they did it in the banjo games um i i love the Ola hags myself i guess you don't uh Gritilla's there i obviously love that and even uh the dk isles in Donkey kong 64 i really liked uh you know yeah, that was good I would say I would say that my, probably my liking of Ivory Towers is in kind of the same range of uh, DK sixty four. Okay, maybe. fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so, what about then the the, the first world uh, Tribal Stack Tropics? Um, I thought it was all right. I, I know a lot of people people seem to be really polarized on the first world too, because I know a lot of people like, oh, this was the best world, and then it goes downhill, and then there's people like me who thought it was the weakest one they played, and then it goes, and then the next two worlds are better did you expand the first world yet though? not yet no yeah there you go a lot of the fun comes from the expanded version uh I'm so not maybe the next section's better a lot of it too i don't think it's very aesthetically interesting to look at it's just i don't know it feels very platforming and thrown together 
doesn't feel as organic and, and beautiful as it could be as like the other two other levels that I've played thus far. And I think I... some some of it has for me is the fact that I've heard the tribal tro- the tribal tropics theme for the past two years so many times and it's like just I don't know. Like I, I enjoy the level. It seems like my enjoyment goes up when I get like to a high area in the level when the music like changes slightly. <laughs> it's because I'm so sick of hearing that same tune over and over. Yeah, no, okay, fair enough. Yeah, because they played it in the toy box as well, didn't yep. they? Yup. So in like every single Kickstarter promotional video and promotional video they had for like first year of development. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, but but yeah, no, I I really like the first stage uh, when it's fully expanded. The but it took me a little bit to get into it at first uh, when I first entered like the the small version, but yeah, no, it's 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 fine. It's uh. It's not the worst stage, but it's not the best. Yeah, so around about the middle ground for me, I can say. It, it, to me, it feels odd as like a first stage. Really? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to it being a little bit, a lot of the stuff being more, having a few sort of like less hard pages at first. And then literally one of the first ones that pushes you into is like a race with a cloud thing. <laughs> Which I yeah, thought was, was kind of weird. I suppose that it's that if you miss the butterflies, it's tough. But if you if you don't miss the butterflies, it's pretty easy, right? I, I just think you got lucky. Nah, well, I just did it, did it again. Like it still took me, a new file, so. still took me at least five tries to do it when I did it. On the I've Xbox. never failed. <laughs> I I just think you got unlucky. I'll say it like that. I don't know, <laughs> or I'm bad at controlling the the rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't know. I just think I think the rolling is probably the most learning curve of any controls of the game, and it seems weird to throw that at you so soon. Like I almost felt like they should give you the the flying and the high jump before they gave you the roll move. So there's there's some strange, the way it's like the moves you get I think are strangely structured. But you get you get the talent trot like straight away in Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, that's true. But the talent trot is a lot. Doesn't is a lot easier to control, but that's probably why they did it. Is because uh, of what it was in Banjo. They I think probably... it feels exactly the same. To control. Really? No. Yeah. So you didn't have any problem the the toy box that like me and Jeff did. I don't think too. Climbing no, that thing while rolling. It, oh, you had a few problems, uh, not to the extent of you and Jeff, but the rolling has been refined since the toy box. Maybe in your head you're still kind of against it because of it was it was more <laughs> stiff in the toy box. Uh, like I, I'm not really against it now. I think it's fine now, but I still think it's one of the more difficult aspects of controlling him. Of them, I'm getting definitely getting better at it. Maybe it's partially too because I play the toy box that now I'm used to controlling it how I did then. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, could be, could be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I like the role, and uh, yeah, uh, the first world in general. Yeah, I. Uh, well, if you haven't expanded it, you won't have fought the boss, will you? Nope. No. And my Good idea boss. was to open up all, get all five open, and then go back and expand as needed. Yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. I made the mistake uh, first time through. I had enough pages to expand World 2 before I even went in it for the first time, and I think that kind of took away from it. I, I advise first time through, do the small world first and then expand them after you've visited them all at least once. Right. So you're doing it the right way. <laughs> um, so what did you think of the second world then? I really enjoyed it. Um, it takes a little bit to find things there. But I yeah. love the moment you first enter it and just the visual look, the music and everything. I really, really love. The second one is probably my favorite thus far. Um, it, it is a little Tui-esque in places. It's probably my only complaints is that I had a hard time finding like certain areas. The first time I went through, I felt a little lost. But it does get better as you navigate. And um, I don't know. There's something about it I really, really like. I, I, I'm a sucker for snow levels, though. <laughs> Just the feel of them, the music, and um, all the little snowmen. And the, I love the little googly eyes that like run around and take control of different objects. I thought that yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think uh, visually, 
the second world looks great and I really enjoyed the music, but I think in terms of gameplay, I think it's the weakest of the five levels by a long way. Huh. Uh, but, you know, again, I've experienced every level in both forms, whereas you haven't. So it'll be interesting to hear what your thoughts are once you've, you know, completed all the stages. Right. So um, just, it's just, in a way, it's like too big for the sake of being big. And there's just like a few annoying puzzles in there. Did, did you do the puzzle yet with the, uh, with the snow plow? Nope. I have uh, not got okay. that far. <laughs> I yeah, did. That's... I I don't know which ones I did. I did the one you clear off the statue. I did the minecart level. Yeah. Um, the couple more that I can't remember. The one where you gotta like keep hitting buttons that leads to another button. I did that one. I think one or two more that I can't remember right now. But all okay. the ones that I did, I found to be enjoyable. So that that actually brings me on to another question. I was gonna say, what what do you think of the minecart sections? Um, I liked them. It was really sort of a learning curve, though, I think. Yeah. I didn't like that um, the bo- the boost was relegated to a control stick. And that's my main complaint with it. And it's really hard to, like, retrain your brain to, like, not touch the control stick until you need to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought they were really fun, though. Once I got the hang of it, I, I had a really good time with it. I'm looking forward to doing the others. There's something about just jumping around in a minecart listening to David Wise. That's very pleasing. So, yeah, learning curve, what you said, is actually probably a good way of putting it because um, I I enjoy them for the most part. They get a little tough in the later levels, but you've got to put Donkey Kong Country out of your head. You could not approach it like a DKC minecart section because DKC, right. especially the Super Nintendo games... Those minecart levels were momentum-based, whereas this, it's a bit more sort of scripted, I guess. And, like, you know, you have to do, like, sudden boosts or sudden hard breaks to collect items. Uh, Whereas DKC, it would all be naturally based on your momentum and how you, you know, jumping at just the Right. right time, and that would be it. Whereas, yeah, with this, it's like they give you more manual control because it's just it is more scripted than the Donkey Kong ones uh, but they're, they're fun I just personally I'd, I'd take the Donkey Kong minecart stages over these but they're better right. than what DK64 did I'll say that oh yeah absolutely <laughs> those were okay but they weren't really proper mic. they were more yeah yeah, yeah. so um there's a section in the second world when you expand it, uh, which you won't have experienced yet, uh, which is a, I guess it's a throwback to like rare spectrum days because it's called the isometric palace. So, <laughs> I've actually heard about this. I have not played it yet though, but I thought I heard about it. Yeah. and I thought it was so awesome. So it's a pun on obviously isometric and ice. Yeah. So isometric palace. And that was a really, really cool section. I love that more than the main stage itself. Because that, yeah, that's like half the level, really. Because there's like 10 or 12 pages in there and the boss is in there and everything. And Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so for anyone who's played like, uh, uh, oh, God. Is it Night Law? Yeah. I was getting Night mixed Law, up with yep. the difference. But yeah, Night Law and... Um, yeah, yeah, this is pretty much just a, a throwback to Night Lords, the but with the controls of a fluid 3D platformer. So, yeah. had a lot of fun in here, <laughs> some really good challenges. So, yeah. Um, and did you did you say you played World 3, or you were just about to before you started again? Uh, I played a little bit of World 3. I have not done okay. that much there yet. So this is my favourite stage in the game. I liked what I played. Yeah, I, it was a really interesting design to kind of do. I felt like they combined Mad Monster Mansion with uh, um, why can't I Bubble think of the name swamp. of the swamp? Bubble Club Swamp. Yeah, that was a really interesting, interesting idea. Um, I said I can't comment too much because I think I haven't done much. 
here. I got a bunch of quills and got the moves. But at most, I have maybe like two pages there. And one of them was like the easy one at the start where with the cage, you know, the, the one with the cage falls on the oh, page. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, so for me, this stage, I actually, I'll tell you what it reminds me of more than either of those. Because there are shades of both those stages, but it reminds me a lot of the nighttime version of Fungi Forest from Donkey Kong 64. Oh, you know what? I was actually, I actually thought the same thing. That... I felt I felt there's like a shade of a uh, fungi forest in there too. Yeah, and I like that because that's actually one of my favorite stages from that game. Yeah, I think it was the best one in that game. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. For me, this was the stage where they just got the perfect balance of platforming, puzzles, navigation was great. Uh, I cleared up the whole area without any issues. You know, I was never looking for like one last quill or one last pagey. Right. Uh, it's easy and clear to see where you're going, and even later, the later sections have uh, like warp pipes to get back to earlier sections, so you don't have to, you know, travel around too much. Um, and also, this stage probably has my favourite transformation of the game. Huh? Did you get to the transformation yet? I guess not. Nope. No. Do you know what it is, or have you managed to... I do not. Please don't oh, okay, spoil okay, me. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. It's definitely my favourite. I'll tell you that. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I had no idea about the Swamp Stage at all until I got to it. Yeah. And I was like, I was convinced that, uh, because we've seen footage of one other level, I was convinced that that was World 3. Yeah, I, I thought World 4 was going to be World 3 going in, and I got to it, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I kind of, like, you know, remembered bits of it from early promotional art, you know, there was that early, sh- that early re- uh, illustration of ukulele sat on like a, I guess a little island oh, right. with uh, like a trolley or you'd say shopping cart uh, under the water. Right. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. So, oh yeah. yeah. I do kind of wish there was more worlds. It's like, I don't, I'm trying to avoid finding out where world five is for like the longest time because I want to be surprised. <laughs> And I suppose overall, oh. um, that is partially my feeling going out of it. I do wish there were a couple more worlds, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a shame because they they always said that if they had never done their Kickstarter, like their original plan with the small budget they had was to do five worlds and a hub world. And I almost think like, don't get me wrong, I think they've done a great job for the most part. And I liked a lot of the stretch goals that they fulfilled, but... I think instead of focusing so much on like minecarts and those uh, Rextro arcade games, I would have preferred at least one more full world. Right. I would have rather they just they took out. I imagine they had to make so many more assets, so it's probably a big work. But if they had, instead of having them all be expanded and have twenty, you know, twenty pages in each world, I'd rather them just keep them the small size and do five more additional small sized worlds. And have more um, locations, but that's probably a lot more work. Yeah, but I, I would disagree with that because I think all of the expanded worlds are much better when they're expanded. Uh, I don't advise going right. in them f- first like that, but yeah, like every like the first stage goes from being all right to being great. Uh, as I mentioned, the second stage has got my favorite section in the expanded. I don't know. See, I just felt that as the small world, I almost felt that a lot of them were almost too big as they were. All oh, right. So I can only imagine how they're going to be when they're really massive. Yeah. See, I'm pining for so, the days of Banjo Tui where I could literally get lost on my fourth playthrough. So, whereas you, you are, you're more. I want Banjo. Ba- yeah, I want Banjo or Banjo Kazooie. So. And I, this is a good balance between the two of them, and I think that's why they did it the way they did, is they wanted to please fans, or not, well, not say please, but like have a compromise between fans of Kazooie and fans of Tui. And, po- and possibly so even within themselves, like I'm sure, because these guys made both games, I'm sure some right. of them preferred the simpler first game, and some of them probably preferred the direction, the, the second right. game. I mean, we know that Greg Mayles, the project leader, was the one who pushed for the much more complex style of Tui, and obviously he's one of the few veterans who isn't involved in this project but i'm sure some of them still have a lot of passion for the way Tui went right uh, personally I, I hope if they do a sequel which i'm pretty sure will get some sort of sequel event like at some point um 
I would hope that they do go a bit more complex and more towards the direction of Tui, but I think they need to refine it and like add certain things from more modding it like a map just a map would help with a game like Tui. <laughs> <laughs> right so um yeah one last thing i wanted to touch on uh what did you think of the rectrosaurus arcade games that you played i have not played any yet oh really so oh, okay no. i could never find the coin i have no idea where it is oh so. They're always they're always very close to the arcade cabinet. I'll give you that clue. Yeah, I looked around for it and I found the like quill on top of it or something, but I couldn't, okay. couldn't find it. Uh, so who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll find tell it you today. later on where it is if you want. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right then. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's not even talk about that. You haven't experienced them, so I'm sure you and Jeff and Clay can talk about that a little more next week. Right. Uh, anything else that you wanted to throw out? First impressions? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I've pretty much said, I think, what I need to say for, you know, the six or some hours I've played it. I think commenting anymore in detail would probably not be quite genuine to the amount I've played. So I probably shouldn't. Okay, fair enough. All right, then. Well, uh, yeah, this has been fun. Sorry, I've sort of slipped into the host role. Sorry, Dave, you go. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's fine. <laughs> You're getting getting back into the swing of things. Um, yeah, so we're we don't have. I don't think either of us have much more to say. So, it, it, as you said, it's been fun. I'm glad to you know talk to you again on the cast. So it's, it's it feels like the, the good old days. It does indeed. And it uh, does indeed. Yeah, it'd be it'd be great to jump on a couple more times in the future. Um, right. Yeah. I really enjoy talking. To you. I mean, as yeah, yeah, I said you're always welcome. So. Thank you. All right. Anywho, um, I think we're gonna call it a day, and I'm sure we're we'll probably end up talking about this more than we should next week too, because you know. Having both Jeff and Clay out, neither one of them has had a chance to say how they feel about it. So, yeah. Um, thank you guys for tuning in, and you all have a good weekend. See you later. <laughs>